Hello and welcome to In the News Show. My name is Judy Desagatis and I'm here with my co-host, Father Bill Weary. How are you today, Father Bill? Very well. Hello, everybody out there. Judy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I want to thank Joe Nebestinsky for his technical assistance today and also uh, David Hillowitz for the theme music that he always provides to us. Um, So let's get started right away. We have a lot to cover today. Um, Cardinal Mueller of Germany has been in the news lately, and with regard to his comments about the Synod, I want to turn that over to Father because he has done some uh, interesting research with regard to this story. So tell us about what's going on there. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller was on EWTN's The World Over October 6th, this past Thursday, Mm -hmm. speaking to Raymond Arroyo and pretty much denouncing the synod on the synodality. Uh, uh, Cardinal Ger- uh, Gerhard Mueller is retired. He's the former prefect for the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, the doctrinal department of the Vatican, if you will. And he has grave doctrinal concerns about the direction of the synod on synodality, which is going to be a, a big gathering uh, next year, and uh, to uh, sort of a, a kind of a a general church council, not quite, and not maybe on the level of a Second Vatican Council, but uh, very, very significant. And the uh, Vatican has been gathering comment commentaries from uh, all over the world, from dioceses and parishes, on w- what they want from the church and how they, where, where they want the church to go. And the um, a couple quotes here from Cardinal uh, Gerhardt. And whereby he calls it a, a hostile takeover, and any um, of, of the of the Church of Jesus Christ, which is a column of the revealed truth, and continuing says uh, this has nothing to do with Jesus Christ, with the Triune God, and they think doctrine is only a a program of a political party who can change it according to their votes, and he's. Uh, speaking about you know the pro LGBTQ uh, orientation, and I know there's been uh, <clears throat> some talk about possibly reversing uh, in some way, shape, or form Humanae Vitae, the artif- birth control encyclical. And I know the Relator General of the Senate, a Cardinal Jean Claude Hollerich, has said publicly teachings of Catholic teaching on homosexual acts is no longer correct, quote unquote, and needs revision. And so there's there's grave concerns here. And we're going to see, you know, where where this where, where this goes. The official Vatican web, website for the Senate. I did not I have not seen it, but um, LifeSite News says it promotes homosexual relationships and dissident activist groups. Cardinal Mueller also compared the synodal process with um, Arianism, which is an ancient um, heresy of the Church. And it reminds me, I did a series once on the, in my bulletin. And I entitled it, this is about, oh gosh, eight years, eight, nine years ago, I entitled it The New Arianism. Hmm. And basically, uh, my, my point uh, was that sexual morality, the upending of sexual morality, is uh, the, the, the first Arianism of, of the fourth century uh, denied the full divinity of Christ. That's what that was. Uh, this saw Christ as sort of semi-divine, a, a notch below the Father, not consubstantial. The creed was written to to correct that, and the word consubstantial was placed in the in the creed to say that the Father and the Son are equal. And so uh, he compared uh, this to uh, Arianism, that that ancient uh, heresy, uh, where the synod the synod on synodality. Um, I don't know where that's I, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, there there 
now collating all the input that went in from all over the world, from from various uh, church organizations and dioceses and parishes, and apparently want to take the church in, a, in some kind of different direction, whatever that means. So we will pray. We will pray about that. But I, I want to commend uh, Cardinal Gerhardt Mueller for myself. I just, uh, I just want to say hip hip hooray and and thank him for for uh, coming out with this. I think that um, that's a good point that you're mentioning, Father, about, uh, you know, seeing these German bishops rising up, because there's been a lot of things that are going on over there in Europe. And there have been, we've talked about it on the show, some German bishops that have been siding more with this uh, new church or these relaxing these standards in different uh, morality and other things that have not been challenged as much as they've been challenged now. So um, he's definitely in a situation, as all the bishops are, but in a situation where people are in, bishops are in dissension in his own country. So uh, yes, uh, kudos to Cardinal Mueller for for sticking up, and hopefully um, there'll be more that will join him uh, on that side, and we continue to pray for that. Um, I wanted to bring up, it's sort of along the same uh, types of things, that we were talking about uh, with morality issues is recently a YouTuber wh- who has over 8 million followers exposes the dark side of the birth control pill. And of course, uh, if we're talking about the relaxation of the standards, Humani Vitae, this was definitely a game changer back in the early 60s uh, for women and for sexuality with the advent of the birth control pill. This uh, gentleman, this doctor, Dr. Eric Bergs, uh, is saying that the long-term effects of removing natural hormones from a woman's body are quite dangerous, negatively affecting menopause, bone function, and e- even longevity. Um, I think that this is probably a topic that some women know about and some don't know as much about, but we should all know about what the dark side of this is. This is not something that has uh, ever been sanctioned by the church. And um, it's actually stating that there is actually no real estrogen or progesterone in the birth control pill. Um, this is a synthetic virgin, version that has been altered in a way to mimic estrogen and progesterone. And Berg went on to say that women do not realize that replacing naturally produced estrogen and progesterone with an artificial virgin, version can lead to various complications. Um, it can increase the res- risk of heart attacks, blood pressure, strokes, blood clots, breast cancer, and a whole host of other things, not only at the time when the woman is taking it, but also later on in life and also depleting various minerals such as zinc, selenium, and magnesium, and vitamins such as B12. Well, sure. Um, and I talk about this, not in that detail, but with the engaged couples. I do a, a strong uh, teaching when they're in my office of... Uh, uh, on artificial contraception and, and issues of chastity and whatnot. And uh, I say that um, if you pull out, Molly Kelly used to do this. She was a chastity speaker years ago, Catholic, on the speaking circuit, uh, talking to teens about uh, chastity issues. And she would pull out a, uh, uh, a packet of birth control pills and pull out the counterindications, a slip of paper mm-hmm. that has the counterindications as a warnings about the, uh, the, the particular pharmaceutical, in this case, artificial contraception, she unfolds that, she would unfold that paper, and it's front and back, small print, of all the things that you, some of which you mentioned already, embolism, thrombosis. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, uh, these are things that could, they could happen, they don't happen in every case, but it could. Ironically, one of them is uh, lower libido, and that's, that's a hoop, because the reason, you know, they take the birth control pills, so you can have sex with impunity. 
uh, without consequences, but it does have can have the chemical effect of lowering the sex drive for the, for the woman. And uh, but just front and back, just counter, counter indications out the kazoo. Just um, and uh, but it makes sense because it is it's unnatural. It's uh, fooling the body into thinking it's pregnant. Right. Bearing false witness in a way, fooling the body into thinking they're pregnant when it's not pregnant, so you don't get pregnant because the body thinks you're already pregnant, uh, but you're not pregnant. Um, so um, it's um, it, it's counter, you know, it, it, that that's a big counter indication right there um, that that um, it's, it's it's unhealthy physically and spiritually. Yep, and in Humanae Vitae, Paul VI warned back in 1968 that contraception would lead to a lack of respect for women and a general lowering of morality in society. So even going back 50-plus years, he was saying back then that these kinds of things would happen with the advent of this this pharmaceutical. And one other thing to add to not only the physical uh, things and emotional uh, depression that can also occur in women that take this, but also they say because the the woman thinks that she's already pregnant, it's it's like a view of the man that she attracts. They don't attract manly men. They attract uh, men who are not uh, going to stand up for the woman. It's, it even has an I effect that. on that. Um, like it gives off this this different, uh, I don't know, uh, hormone, if you will, that, sa- that says I'm not going to go and, yeah. and focus on a man who's going to take care of me and respect me as a woman, but someone that's just going to use me. Um, well, this uh, doctor, uh, he's not Catholic, I, I, I would imagine, but he's right. promoting, I, I, don't, I don't believe he is, but he's promoting natural family planning. That's right. A form of natural family That's planning. Right. We've been talking about this for decades. Right. Um, and, and now this guy's catching on, and I hope it catches on in the medical profession and um, among you know um, couples as well, that, that the natural methods are the, are the healthiest, most holistic Right. For 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 those for religious reasons and for non-religious reasons. And I think it's good that I I think you're right, Father. The article doesn't state that he's a Catholic, but he has over eight million followers. And I think it's good that he is talking about what we all term now as the science. The science is showing that this is not good. For a woman's body. So again, what's his name? Dr. Eric Berg, B-E-R-G. So look that up, uh, listeners, uh, B-E-R-G, and young women uh, and uh, young couples, engaged couples, and even anybody. Uh, B-E-R, Eric, Dr. Eric Berg, and just read what he has to say. Yeah, but it's good to be informed. Good to be informed. Yep. So shifting gears a little bit, this is actually a positive note. Um, a Catholic high school wins a lawsuit against a guidance counselor who was employed there at the high school in Indianapolis in, uh, in a same-sex, uh, quote-unquote, marriage. Um, this lady uh, teacher had signed a contract that she would uphold the Catholic doctrine, and she did share about her same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage months after she had been hired by Roncalli Catholic High School in Indiana, and the school then dismissed her on the grounds that she was violating her contract, uh, which retains the right to fire employees if the Catholic faith is is not lived out in their personal lives. Um, she proceeded to file discrimination lawsuit against the school and the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. So right. um, this was uh, another to, to know that this was upheld, um, that yeah. the court has said that, you know, she did sign this contract and she needs to, she did not perform in these uh, duties that she said that she was going to, you know, to perform. Precisely. And this will be fabulous precedent for us. I mean, when these when these lawsuits 
pop up as they as they think they will, although this might shut them down at least somewhat. The uh, news of this court ruling um, that uh, it'll be it'll be wonderful, um, as I said, precedent to invoke when we as we defend ourselves uh, around the country, and it's going to, it's going to happen. Oftentimes, these teachers, faculty members, staff with same-sex attraction are all, also very popular. And so you can get the pickets, even uh, even Catholics and the students, you know, can you can get that kind of reaction, response, uh, protests and demonstrations, and that sort of thing. Lamentably, but it does happen. And but but God bless that school, the courage that school had to stand up for Catholic values. Yes, amen to that. So we're going to wrap this up for the first half. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to In the News, Holy Family Radio, seven twenty WHYF. Please stay with us. to the second half of In the News show. Um, the next item of news is a poll has been taken. This is according to LifeSite News. Overwhelming majority of mass-going Catholics uh, oppose the Biden administration and they support the overturn of Roe v. Wade. I thought they had some interesting statistics in here. It says that generally practicing and non-practicing Catholics alike oppose transgender ideology and critical race theory. Um, a poll from last month was taken Um, and showed that a vast majority of American Catholic voters who regularly attend Mass support Roe v. Wade's reversal, oppose Joe Biden, and and favor Republican candidates. And, you know, we'll leave the political part open for for others, but we want to talk about the ideology. The results also show that both practicing and non-practicing Catholics disagree with transgender ideology and critical race theory. Um, This was conducted uh, September 12th to the 19th, uh, 1,581 Catholic voters were surveyed by the Trafalgar Group. Um, and regarding critical abortion debate, 75% of the participants who attend Mass at least once a week agreed with Roe's reversal, uh, while 53 of those who occasionally attend throughout the year were in favor of abortion being a federally protected right. Only 13% of Catholic voters support abortion with no limitations. Nearly 20% are in favor of banning abortion at 15 weeks after the baby can feel pain, and 10% support banning abortion after a fetal heartbeat can be detected. So again, some more positive news. Um, It's good to know that these surveys are taking place and that that those that are mass attending are feeling this way and being supportive of the the, uh, traditional magisterium of the church. And the key term there is uh, mass attending. Right. Is a uh, practicing, right. practicing Catholics. Well, I was interested that uh, non-practicing Catholics too came out high against transgenderism yes. and yes. critical race theory. So uh, that was heartening. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, here we go. It's it's those who go to church. Uh, they and they, they should make those distinctions in polls and surveys rather than you know just doing a blanket thing of of Catholics. But the, that key thing is practicing the faith against right. mass 
on Sunday, and those are the those are the faithful ones. I keep reminding myself of that. Uh, and, you know, the, the the ones in the pew. They they are the they are the champions, and it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to to get to mass every weekend in this day and age when it's such so tempting to just blow off off the faith. But uh, certainly those uh, those values, traditional Catholic values, are reflected in the faithful mass goers, and that's good to see. Yeah, that that's definitely good, and hopefully we'll see that more positively impacted, like with the the synod as well, and the responses that were given. I wanted to mention also that, um, according to the results, nearly seventy percent of those mass going the respondents have children in the public school system, which is why they're so concerned about this CRT and the transgenderism uh, theory that's being promoted there. And almost three quarters of the Catholic voters were concerned um, about the the negative impact of the COVID lockdowns as well. Um, so we were good to know, as you said, Father, that the people sitting in the pews are are rising up and saying, "Yeah, we we agree with uh, the morality of the church, and we we want to keep that going, and we're concerned for for our children." Um, just to shift gears a little bit, this is not as positive, but um, we need to mention it as well. Our, our wonderful school, one of my favorite teams, University of Notre Dame, um, they're now selling LGBT children's books, tarot cards at the school store. So apparently what's happened here is the university bookstore service provider, they made a change. And when they change providers, uh, this new service provider has now brought with it several decks of tarot cards and increased promotion of astrology and numerous sexualized children's books. This is disheartening to read this at, you know, University of Notre Dame. I mean, not only because they're so well known for their football, but, you know, I mean, it's this, it's the University of Our Lady. And, you know, this, this has been one of the biggest uh, Catholic schools everyone's familiar with them, and it uh, stated here on Wednesday, the Irish Rover, which is the campus newspaper, published an article detailing the various products that are available in the school store. Um, and they recently signed a contract with this new uh, provider. Um, in addition to the tarot cards, the, the store carries books that teach and normalize astrology, uh, things about the black arts, witchcraft, and um, occultism. And uh, again, the many LGBT children's books featured in, in, the, st- in the store and um, talking about transitioning, uh, transgenderism. And this is this is disheartening to think that one of the, the biggest Catholic schools in America um, is, you know, got a new service provider for their bookstore. And now they've opened this portal. Well, I would like to predict um, just a, a reversal of that. I, I think there's going to be an outcry and and I hope that they're going to remove that stuff from the confines, the precincts of the of the bookstore. Yeah, we have to once again uphold our values. And of course, Bishop Kevin Rhodes is bishop yes. of uh, uh, South Bend, uh, the, that diocese there. And I would, and he was on the doctrinal committee of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. I think he still is. And so I would hope that you know he would uh, get involved in that. That's the bishop's job. Although it's run by the Holy Cross Fathers, we all right. get that. It's not a diocesan uh, institution. Nevertheless, I would you know I would think that the local bishop would raise his voice, and others would raise their voices as well, and and get get those things taken out. It reminds me too of the Northern New York High School. We talked about that. Last time, yep. last radio show, um, that is uh, trying to start, or at least a group is coming in trying to start a satanic club. 
there among among the students, and I have not heard an update on that. With the if any students did sign up for that, but this is the day and the age we live in, and mm-hmm. it really it's really important that we ramp up the the prayer and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, the Rosary, and use those weapons at our disposal against the forces of darkness that are coming at us. Yes, and just like we talked about in the other article about the one teacher that had been let go because for not upholding the values, it also states in here in, in the same article that Notre Dame had hired Pete Buttigieg, who's the transportation secretary, to be a faculty fellow. And he is a baptized Catholic, and he has since, uh, according to the article, this is the LifeSite News saying this, has since strayed from the faith in his pro-abortion political campaigns and in his quote-unquote marriage to a man in an Episcopal church ceremony. I mean, that's always, you know, hard to take, too, that you have um, a Catholic school that you expect to hope uh, uphold the Catholic values and you have someone, okay, he's definitely famous, um, but, you know, we we have to be teaching, if you're going to Catholic school, you need to be teaching these and the the Catholic values, and this is just like another, you know, part of this this same uh, concern about what's happening at Notre Dame. So we'll have to see what well, happens the same with that. Lines, uh, I'm a Beatles fan, but I was disheartened to read recently. I never knew this before, but George Harrison was baptized Catholic, got First Holy Communion, I'm, I'm astounded, and then blew off confirmation, even at 13 years old, of age, and uh, ended his life, his later years, uh, very anti-Catholic. Um, and I was uh, disheartened by that because he was a spiritual type, even though albeit transcendental meditation and Hinduism. But uh, I was I was disheartened to hear, hear that, read that, mm-hmm. and he wanted Monty Python director that this, you know, the director of those uh, those quirky movies mm-hmm. uh, to do a movie that would strip down the Catholic Church bare, according to what I recently read. How about that? Yeah, I didn't know that about George Harrison. I mean, I was a Beatles fan too, but I, I didn't know that. I think Paul McCartney was raised yeah. Catholic too. But it's yeah, it's it's interesting how famous people that we know. Uh, may not have known that they started out Catholic and unfortunately had f- fallen away and, and really fell away, um, never to come back again. So that was uh, that's kind of disheartening. Um, want to go to the next article. Uh, according to the National Catholic Register, I thought this was interesting. We talked about this on our show uh, many months ago. Um, Chicago and the Philly Archdiocese are now telling priests not to provide religious exemption from the COVID vaccines. I think probably at this point, a lot of people have gotten them anyway, but we did talk on a previous show some months back that people were asking Catholics and other other religions were asking for religious exemptions to the vaccine. And there were some uh, samples I know that different uh, parishes had where they the priests were signing off saying they're excused from getting a vaccine due to a religious exemption. But now two big archdioceses, one within our state, is uh, recommending, you know, of course, that all members of the Catholic community get vaccinated, but that they're encouraging the priests not to sign off on these religious exemptions. We did something in, here in the Diocese of Harrisburg. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, we, we did something. It was not exactly an exemption, but it was a statement right. that the priests could give to a boss or an empo- uh, employer uh, saying that the the, the individual... Uh, objecting to the uh, vaccine is Catholic, and he or she is following his or her conscience, and um, you know that the conscience should be respected, or words to that uh, to that effect. And um, you know it was uh, sort of like uh, coming down in, in the middle a little bit, but uh, we we did address that as well here in the diocese. I did not 
I only did one, I believe. Okay. Uh, that that I here here in the parish where I and it was satisfactory to the uh, to the parishioner, uh, and he conveyed it to the employer, and I, I think he prevailed. Um, you know, so there you go. Yeah. Well, it says in the article, in a quote, there is no basis in Catholic moral teaching for rejecting the vaccine mandates on religious grounds. But I know that one of the reasons why people were doing those exemptions or one of those exemptions was because that the, the vaccines contained uh, fetal tissue. Um, and then they... um, that, That's been disputed. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of them did. Uh, there was one with Pfizer that was uh, morally problematic. The others are uh, not so. And uh, again, you know, the doctrinal committee of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, with Bishop Rose involved, I think he's the chairperson of that, or was, uh, said that consciousness need not be disturbed. Um, but, but there was a, there was a criticism of that. I know, I know that. Yeah, yeah. So um, that'll be interesting to see if people are still going to request those and and what happens. But the, at least those two archdioceses are basically asking the priests not to you know sign off on those religious exemptions uh, for the vaccine. So if you would, Father, if you would leave us with a prayer, please. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we beg your mercy upon our world, upon our society, our culture, and the Church as well. May we be instruments of peace, and may the power of your Holy Spirit be manifest in our hearts and minds and in all that we say and do through Christ our Lord. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you.